From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, March 26th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by Jessica Pothering, Impact Alpha's Amsterdam-based reporter, to discuss how African entrepreneurs are stepping up with solutions for what's going on in the world of ag tech, fintech, and BC in Africa. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Renee. And we'll hear a sneak preview of next week's Reconstruction podcast with Illumin Capital's Darren Dodson. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in impact investing. Policymakers, funders, and other stakeholders are putting cash and control in the hands of U.S. residents to address the interlocking challenges of COVID-19, inequality, and racial justice. Guaranteed income, for example, is gaining steam as an anti-poverty policy. The latest example, Oakland, California, will begin to put regular no-strings-attached cash payments into the hands of low-income families of color. Neighborhood trusts are popping up in cities like Philadelphia, Atlanta, Tulsa, and Kansas City to take speculative assets off the market in fast-gentrifying neighborhoods and pass control and the ownership of those assets to local residents. Cornell University's Joseph Margulies, an originator of the idea, made the case in Impact Alpha that neighborhood trusts can help maintain affordability and fight back against gentrification and displacement. Fresh ideas like these and others are captured in a new action playbook for local development from Local Initiative Support Corporation and the Brookings Bath Center. The goal, says Lisk's Annie Donovan, is to prioritize the people who live in those places and the assets they bring. Andrew Kasoy of VLab, which certifies companies for strong social and environmental practices, put French food giant Danone on Impact Watch, following the ouster of sustainable business champion Emmanuel Faber. In Impact Alpha, Kasoy says we need to broaden the notion of fiduciary duty to focus on real value creation, including the impact portfolio investments have on society. With climate goals looming, the gap is growing between fossil fuel leaders and laggards. European oil and gas majors, including Total, Shell, and BP, are the best prepared for the transition to a net-zero world, according to a new analysis by Bloomberg. U.S. producers Chevron and ExxonMobil are falling behind, specifically on risk disclosures and renewable energy assets. Still, most oil and gas companies are spending heavily on expanding fossil fuel production. And, despite pledges to green their portfolios, major banks continue to fund that expansion, according to the Rainforest Action Network. Their new report, Banking and Climate Chaos, found that despite a 9% drop in 2020 funding due to the pandemic, financing levels were higher than in 2016. In deal news, Eat Just, the maker of plant-based eggs and lab-grown meats, raised $200 million in a round led by the Qatar Investment Authority. Adani Green Energy secured a $1.4 billion loan for a renewable portfolio in India. And finally, BetterUp, the digital coaching and mental health platform, has hired Prince Harry, yes, that Prince Harry, as its chief impact officer. Subscribers got all these stories and much more in the brief each morning this week. So Jessica, there were also a lot of African tech startups in the Impact Alpha headlines this week. Yeah, um, we've been watching some really cool and clever innovations bubbling up for a really long time. Uh, But I think what we're seeing now is the traction that they're getting and the global recognition. So um, we had three stories this week that were all pretty closely related. One was on fintech ventures addressing climate impacts. One was on Africa's homegrown 
agriculture technologies. And the one I'm really excited about was a small fintech called Bankly that just raised some seed funding from Africa's latest unicorn, Flutterwave. Um, Flutterwave is a digital payments company out of Nigeria. Amazing. What a powerful signal for the African market. Yeah, I mean, Flutterwave just raised this big equity round. They raised $170 million a couple of weeks ago. And what I was really excited to see was them uh, make this investment in Bankly because while Bankly is focusing on completely offline, entirely cash-based consumers in Nigeria, these are people who rely you know, primarily on traditional community-based saving circles as a way of saving money and securing small loans for themselves. And what Bankly is doing is they're effectively trying to replicate those circles online. And they're leaning into the community connection through a network of local agents to do that. And so... Flutterwave's investment felt like really a statement of intent um, in a way that they're now this high-valued company, but they're doubling down on the opportunity of building inclusive products and services for their local market. And it's also just a great example of, you know, one wave of successful tech entrepreneurs kind of bringing up the next generation. So cool. And I think there's some other things that you've been watching happen too. Yeah, the other two pieces uh, really illuminate kind of the traction and growth of Africa's homegrown tech scene. Um, Pratiba Vipaluri from Unreasonable Group wrote a guest post for us this week, highlighting a number of tech startups that are supporting Africa's agriculture sector and smallholder farmers. And we caught up after we published that piece um, to expand on some of the big picture trends going on there. We all talk about the investment opportunities that uh, African startups are not necessarily getting access to, but why? But however, on the flip side, the positives are these kind of early stage companies, as I mentioned, companies like AgroCenter, you know, which is connecting small scale farmers directly to the market as, are actually some of the examples of this long term secular shift in African supply chain infrastructure. In my opinion, will, that will reshape the industry within the continent over the next few years, uh, because they are really unpacking the true pain point that this particular segment faces. What I really appreciated about her piece, actually, was that she was elevating local entrepreneurs who are solving the continent's agricultural challenges from the local context. Um, African ag tech startups don't often get much play in the global ag tech and food tech investing world. And so I thought her spotlight on those four ventures really did a service to the market. Um, There are obviously many more. And a few of them I actually was able to profile in the climate fintech piece I wrote earlier this week as well. And that piece was based on a SANCAP session, right? Happened a couple weeks back. Can you give us the inside scoop? Yeah, the point of that piece was to be a bit uh, more forward-looking, actually. Um, So everyone featured, like you said, was part of a SANCAP session that happened recently. Um, For those who aren't familiar, SANCAP is this big global convening. Um, It's been happening for a number of years now, you know, um, bringing together the social enterprise and impact investing community worldwide. And uh, the session was really examining these two concurrent themes, one being the big upswing of financial inclusion that's happening across Africa and being facilitated by fintech. And the other is the threat of climate change on many Africans' livelihoods and economic security. So what were some of the other takeaways? Yeah, the, really the big takeaway is that the convergence of fintech and climate considerations is a huge opportunity, but uh, really only it's, you know, it's only just showing up on tech entrepreneurs and investors' radar at this point. Uh, the ones that are paying attention to it, rightfully, are focusing on the agriculture sector, which uh, most people depend on still on the continent for their livelihoods. And some of those examples are Acre Africa and Pula in Kenya, 
um, and Oco Finance in Mali, which are thinking really creatively actually about how to design and distribute affordable crop insurance. But you know, given how sleek many of these larger fintech platforms are, they're in a really good position to integrate products and services that do take climate impacts into consideration. Things like well, crop insurance, but also asset financing so that taxi drivers or delivery drivers can switch to electric vehicles, for example. And these are obviously things that feed into the mission of financial inclusion and economic empowerment as well. And so I think the the main takeaway was what's needed is just more deliberate thinking from local entrepreneurs and investors about what products and services to offer. Well, thanks for being here with us today, Jessica. And thanks for always being in the room when it happens. Thanks a lot, Monique. We estimate that the value on the other side of reducing biases as a sector and uh, more broadly as a financial asset management field is massive. We, we suggest that there's over $35 trillion in undervalued assets that could be optimally managed by the women and people of color who have been historically locked out of the asset management business that could help bring our economy, our, our GDP, our global prosperity to a much larger and more optimal goal. That's Darren Dodson, head of Illumin Capital, who will be my next guest on The Reconstruction, a podcast about moving capital towards justice, a project of Impact Alpha. Darren and I had a powerful conversation about his journey, bias in investing, and data. We'll be releasing the full podcast on Monday. And if Monday feels too far off, have no fear. We've got a bunch more conversations available right now. Just search for The Reconstruction wherever you listen and hit subscribe. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. You can read all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Impact Alpha's podcasts are available wherever you listen, made possible by Impact Alpha subscribers. Join them and receive the daily brief and full access to impactalpha.com and more. Podcast listeners get $100 off their annual subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100 for $100 off. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Jessica Pothering and Darren Dodson and our producer, Isaac Silk. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing, and until then, take care.